Hello and welcome to a, uh, a sort of emergency edition of the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, U.S. News Editor for Light Reading. And I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor with Light Reading. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Phil. How you doing? I'm good. And you just, uh, so, so set the stage for me. You're, uh, we're doing, the, we're recording this on November 8th. You just uh, arrived back in uh, the Denver metro area from London, correct? That's right. Yeah, I got in yesterday or the day before here. Yep. And you are uh, you were in London covering uh, what? Let's see. We were out there at the Cable Next Gen Europe event. It was uh, Light Reading's first cable related event focused on Europe, and uh, you know got a pretty good picture of what you know the operators there are kind of thinking about with their next generation networks. Yep. And then all of a sudden you have to be up insanely early this morning because uh, Comscope has agreed to buy Eris for a total price of about $7.4 billion. Um, that's right. That's yep. huge, huge deal uh, in the cable space. Um, interestingly, the Carlisle Group is showing up here. Um, so they didn't they own Com- Comscope at one time? Yeah, they had... Uh they took them private and then kind of helped them through uh, an IPO and, and, you know, kind of exited, but yeah, they're kind of back in the fold here now agreeing to, I think, invest about a billion dollars and, you know, take on uh, kind of a minority stake. I think it was around, you know, when, when everything's said and done, they'll have like a 15, 16% stake. Yep. So they're kind of mm. back in the game here and helping to finance some of this. And the uh, the so the acquirer is Comscope, the acquiree right. is Eris, uh, Carlisle Group is an investor and and sort of a stakeholder in the deal. Um, this is funny because this involves other companies too. Um, you know the uh, uh, the the what, what we formerly knew as Ruckus Wireless, of course, is now part of Eris, and that goes in the deal as well. Right, as well as uh, you know, Eris had bought uh, acquired Pace, you know, the UK based. Set-top supplier and, you know, Motorola oh, Home. Right. Yeah, so yeah. had already been, you know, they've already gone through a bunch of very big, you know, for them, acquisitions of a number of companies and have pretty much wrapped up, you know, most of the integrations there. And just when you think, you know, they're well-positioned, you know, with wired and wireless, suddenly, you know, Comscope swoops in here, uh, you know, to do this deal. Uh, you know, with, with, as you kind of look at it, it's like, well, you know, these days, scale has been kind of the name of the game, you know, from the service provider standpoint, as well as the vendors and, you know, bigger is better. And, you know, I guess it seems to be the, the notion, um, you know, we'll see if that, if that's how it shakes out here. You know, I think Comscope's business has kind of been struggling a bit and, you know, they've been trying to figure out or kind of evaluate what to do and how to get into some adjacent markets and expand their presence. And, you know, I think after that evaluation, they just kind of settled in on, you know, one big piece of this is going to be buying Eris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I, yeah. I wonder, um, how does this, how does this change the Comscope addressable market? So, so what, what all are they into these days? Yeah. I think that this will, uh, you know, the way that they kind of bill it is, you know, their, their addressable market suddenly doubles in size, uh, because wow. they're, they're adding, uh, you know, a lot of complementary, there's not a lot of overlap, uh, you know, between Comscope and Eris right. from a product perspective, uh, you know, the kind of complementary and what they're doing in that CBRS 
shared spectrum arena, but, uh, you know, the way that they, they kind of view it is that, you know, they have, they're going to create a, a kind of a giant portfolio of wired and wireless technology and products, uh, that will kind of go together, uh, with a particular aim or kind of focus on, you know, the needs of where 5g is going to go because, you know, there's a lot of wired component for 5g, you know, with the small cells, you really got to have a pretty solid backhaul. And then this big, uh, you know, then the wireless component. So, you know, they're kind of positioning it that way that, uh, you know, the combined company is going to, you know, be ready to take, take on 5g basically. Okay. So they're a 5g powerhouse now, just like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, every, every, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's all on how you, you kind of bill it. And, uh, yeah, and, and that, that's kind of how they, uh, it was kind of a big, big focus on the reasoning anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, well, I mean, that's not a, that's not a, it's not a bad way to go. I mean, it seems like you're, you're going to need some, uh, one of our earlier, uh, uh, you know, th- well, actually, several sort of big corporate restructurings that have happened, uh, both involving mergers and just general restructuring, have um, on the telco side have had 5G in mind, and the focus mm-hmm. being that now the wired and wireline parts of the company and the tech, especially the technology divisions, really do have to talk to one another. Um, they 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 need one another now more than ever, and so these groups have to work together. And in some cases, like in AT and T and Verizon, in some cases they're putting uh, the wired and wireless technology units under the same executive. So every, the, even the reporting structure uh, has has changed uh, in a way that I just haven't noticed it changing before. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like you know the idea of convergence is kind of hitting all areas of the business, you know, you know, it's down to the services, it's down to the infrastructure, it's down to the way that you operate. Yeah, absolutely. And not, and a pretty big price tag. Um, I do want to talk about, uh, two things, the price tag and then the effect on, uh, cable, uh, MSOs. And, uh, let's get to that after a short break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Phil Harvey, Jeff Baumgartner at Light Reading talking about the uh, uh, Comscope acquisition of Eris that was announced, uh, finally announced on uh, November 8th. Um, so the first thing I have, uh, you know, to sort of look at here is that um, the the first time I we heard a price tag associated with this deal it was in the the five billion dollar range, and then all of a sudden it was announced for seven point four. Um, that that seems seems like a big difference. Uh, do you do you have any idea what what happened there or what the change was? Yeah, I was uh, kind of blown away <laughs> by the difference on on yeah what was reported earlier and, and where they ended up. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to know, you know, when the first uh, the reporter on the with the first report, uh, report on it, uh, kind of when that number was being bandied about. And I think kind of heading into like during kind of this the rumor phase, or you know, when the idea that this deal was was under discussion, uh, you know, it was generally viewed as you know something that you know Comscope needed to do, and maybe Eris, uh, yeah, it wasn't quite as necessary. Mm, you know, for them, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. You know, so maybe you know, that that kind of came out in the negotiation, and you know, I think Comscope was kind of pressed into having to pay a pretty hefty premium, you know, to get Eris to to go along and, and kind of essentially put together a deal, you know, they couldn't refuse. That's interesting because I I had sort of thought of Eris as like you know because they've made so many acquisitions and um, sort of. St- stayed the course themselves over the years. I just figured they were going to continue to be independent and just keep amassing these, uh, um, you know, strategic equipment, uh, and technology pieces and, you know, assembling them together under a portfolio, um, more or less like the cable version of what extreme networks is on the, on the, uh, you know, enterprise networking side. Yep. And I think I agree. And I think the, um, uh, you know, when that when the when word of the deal first started to get around, I, I think it kind of caught everybody off guard. I mean, we were out at SCT Cable Tech Expo in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. uh, when when the word was first getting around, and you know, the, the people I was talking to, you know, there there was um, a lot of discussion that yes, there's definitely something to this. Something is being discussed. Uh, at the same time. Uh, it was, there was also a lot of surprise that those discussions even were happening because, uh, you know, Eris had done, uh, you know, a pretty good job diversifying its business, you know, getting into, uh, you know, wireless and mobile and kind of complimentary, uh, being complimentary to all the, you know, the wireline, uh, product and work that they've been doing. So, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the space here, um, just sort of looking at the, the, the knock-on effect for the customers of these companies, um, mm-hmm. you know, the cable MSOs, uh, charters, and so on, uh, uh, Comcast of the world. Um, are those companies going to view this as? Is this this does this strategically make sense, more sense for them? Is this just you know one fewer supplier combine some things they were going to buy from both companies anyway, or does this put uh, you know, or or does or is there something different going on? Yeah, I mean, my sense is that uh, there were some major cable operators that uh, you know helped to kind of vet this idea in the first place, and mm-hmm. you know whether it, it made sense, you know, from from their standpoint, and said, you know, if we were to combine these two companies, what do you think? And I, you know, it sounds like you know the idea of having you know one company providing uh, you know even more piece parts of the entire platform, uh, you know, it made a lot of sense and, you know, having a, you know, a larger scale, uh, you know, company deliver that and, uh, you know, what, what sort of, uh, you know, pricing and packaging you can get from that, that sort of combination, uh, you know, is probably pretty attractive to the, uh, the cable operators. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some dynamics, you know, put on the competition, uh, you know, particularly in the, the access core, you know, when you see like Cisco and companies like Casa Systems, you know, Casa has been putting a lot of focus on mobile and wireless, but I imagine the scale that kind of is presented by this deal, you know, is getting a lot of attention over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, the scale's an issue uh, for, for competitors. And also, yeah, Cisco now needs to uh, take a look at these guys as a much, much more imminent uh uh, threat mm-hmm. because you know they're not only working in converged small cells, but they're also 
Um, they're wiring up public venues like stadiums and, uh, you know, and they have all kinds of, uh, you know, like with ruckus, all kinds of wireless infrastructure products as well. So um, those are all areas that Cisco plays in too. Right. Yep. And I think the, the other potential, you know, the other possible after effect of this is, you know, is this going to have any effect on Eris's CPE business? Because, mm-hmm. you know, video, video CPE is in decline. You know, broadband is still, CPE is still uh, moving along pretty heavy, you know, growing pretty strongly. You know, there are some suggestions even when the deal was first being bandied about, you know, is this going to lead Eris to sell off the CPE business? Um, so that would be something to kind of keep an eye out. Yeah. Or yeah, as a possibility, I think Comscope, when they were talking about the the benefits of the deal, you know, they sounded to me sort of lukewarm on the on the CPE business. Yeah, uh, you know, they didn't outright say, "Hey, we're going to try to sell it," but uh, they they didn't come off as seeming like overly excited about that piece of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, no, it's it's interesting too because uh, in the CPE space, seems like no one wants to be in there. Um, you know, TiVo mm-hmm. is uh, also looking at strategic alternatives, and I think one of the big drags on their business has been the uh, the actual set top part of their business. Um, All right. Anyway, well, hey, uh, this is good uh, good info. Thanks for your reporting on this and for uh, uh, for for catching it uh, for following the story <laughs> throughout all the different time zones. Uh, where yep. can our listeners find out more about you and what you're working on? Of course, they can go to lightreading.com. Uh, what about uh, on social media? Yeah, out on uh, Twitter, it's at uh, the Bominator. You can find me there, and uh, you know, you can also connect with me over at LinkedIn. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll drop some stories and keep people updated there too. All right, fantastic, uh, Jeff Baumgartner. Thanks so much, uh, folks. If you want to uh, follow me, I'm at Future Phil on Twitter and LightReading.com/slash/Phil on the uh, on the mothership. Thanks so much for listening. We'll speak to you soon.